Hello, Cathedral of Faith, family and friends. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I found that when I wake up in the morning, I can make a choice. I can choose to count my problems. And believe it or not, I do have problems. Or I can choose and count the promises of God. And what I've found is that, well, the day works out much better when I begin to think of the goodness of God that's found in his promises. And that's what we've come to do in this moment, in this worship service. We've come to focus on the goodness and the grace and the promises of our God and to give him the honor and glory and praise that he deserves. Psalm chapter nine reads this way. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and exult in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. You've blessed us with another day. God, we have another opportunity to come and to connect with you during this worship service. And I pray, Father, that we would bring you the very best that we have and that you would receive the honor and glory and thanks and praise that you deserve. And that over these next few moments, in that process, you will change and transform our lives in the best kind of way, that you would bless your people, spirit, soul, and body. In the name of Jesus, the matchless, marvelous name of Jesus, I pray, amen. Well, Pastor Vaughn and the team are coming to lead us in worship. Let's join in.
somebody just shout hallelujah.
one thing remains. His love never fails. Whatever mountains you're facing, whatever you're going through, whatever lies of the enemy come, his love drowns that out because you are loved. Every single page of this Bible clearly communicates, you are loved. Every day of Jesus' life, he communicated, you are loved. And here at Cathedral of Faith, one of the things we communicate so clearly is this is a place where the love is lived out. And I trust that this weekend you'll feel and experience that love in his name for his glory. Amen and amen. Well, speaking of communication, this has been a crazy year with social distancing and all the protocols in place. But in the midst of this time, what a great family we have here at Cathedral of Faith. We have this amazing director of communications, Jolie Tyrell, who's here with me this weekend, and she's got some things to communicate with you. Well, hello, Cathedral fam. You may be tuning in online, but we carry you in our hearts as if you are right here with us. And I am so excited to be reunited with Dr. Wayne. Yeah. Team Manrell is in the building. That building may be empty, but it's all good because Jesus' tomb is empty too. So praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, I am so excited because we are heading into one of my favorite times of year. And that's not just because you see my name in every store you go to. Tis the season. To be? Okay. Jolly, not jolly, okay? Just so y'all know. <laughs> but I'm also excited because it is the season where we get to celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior. And here at Cathedral, how we do that is through our annual toy giveaway. Now for the past 13 years, we've been able to bless over 2,000 children with gifts every year. And we are believing that in 2020, God has positioned Cathedral of Faith to bless over 4,000 children. But we can't do that alone. And we are truly better together. So we would like to encourage you to prayerfully consider how you can be a blessing this Christmas season. Whether it's through sowing a financial seed or purchasing some gifts online and having them shipped to the church or even getting a toy collection together at your workplace, in your community, or within your family to benefit our toy giveaway. Whatever way God places on your heart, we are super grateful and also very excited for what the Lord has in store this Christmas. Dr. Wayne? Thanks so much, Jolie. Well, the Bible very clearly communicates a powerful message to us that I want to share right now. In fact, it comes from the book of Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament. And this book is actually, the whole thing is a dialogue, a communication back and forth between God and the people of God. And here's what it says there in Malachi. It says, God says, first, return to me, then I will return to you, says the Lord who rules over all. Then the people responded, but you ask, how can we return? God goes on to say then, will a mere human being dare to steal from God, but you rob me? And the people communicated back, how are we robbing you? He goes on, God responds by saying, by holding back your offerings. You also steal from me when you do not bring a 10th of everything you produce. Bring the entire 10th and then there will be plenty. Test me in this way. Then you will see that I will throw open the windows of heaven. I will pour out so many blessings that you will not have enough room to store them. That's the dialogue between God and us. And in this moment, we get to prove him wrong by saying, God, we're not robbing you. We know that you're the source of all things. We bring our gifts to you. In this moment, you can give online. You can go to our app. You can mail it to the church office or drop by. You can text GIVE to the number at the bottom of the screen. There are many ways that you can participate in this moment by honoring God and not robbing from Him by recognizing He's the source of all things. In the end, this isn't about are we meeting in a building or not? This is about recognizing the power of God and responding and knowing that his love that never fails is working in us. Let me speak God's blessing on you. Lord, thank you in this moment. You tell us in this scripture a promise that when we respond in obedience to giving to you, you pour out the windows of blessing of heaven upon us. May that be so for each person as they give in this moment. Bless them as they respond to you, as they honor you, as they embrace your love. In Jesus' name, amen 
and amen. Well, we're so grateful for all the ways God's blessed us. Take a look at this video of what he's been able to do through you and through us through reaching out. Have you ever noticed how clothing trends come and go? A couple of weeks ago, my wife and I and our granddaughter were out at the local shopping mall, and, and my wife and I were so impressed that some of the mannequins had bell-bottoms, bell-bottom pants. We looked at it with shock that bell-bottoms were actually coming back. Now, those of us can go far back as the 70s will remember how famous, how popular bell-bottoms were. You know, clothing trends come and go, but there is one clothing trend that never goes out of style. Paul opens the door to a closet, the closet of the warrior in chapter 6 of Ephesians. Pastor Ken has been talking about it these last couple of weeks. The armor of God, taking a look at how we can fight the battle, how we can be successful in the battle with this armor of God. And Pastor Ken walked us through the belt of truth, the, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of the gospel, the helmet of salvation, the shield of faith. And as he walked us through this, we begin to discover what God has has, a, has um, offered us, makes available to us so that we can fight in this battle, so that we can be successful in this battle. Well, today we're going to take a look at the last of the armor that, that is in this arsenal that is given to us. It's the sword of the Spirit, the sword of the Spirit. In verse 17 of chapter 6 of Ephesians, Paul talks about the sword of the Spirit and how we are to take it up, how we are to possess it. It's impressive as you take a look at this entire, the context of this, uh, this, this whole arsenal, this whole armor of God, of how Paul instructs us of how we can take it up. Now, the first four pieces of arsenal or the pieces of armor, Paul uses this term to, uh, to, to, to put it on, to take it on, something that we are to be dressed with. The, um, the term that he uses, an uh, interesting term, it's analambano. It means to get dressed with, to put it on, just like you put on a shirt, put on a pair of pants. That's how we are to take on these four pieces, the first four pieces of armor. These four pieces of armor, they're more like... Um, they're more like a defensive uh, mechanism within, our, uh, within that armor. They are used to, to defend us, to protect us. They're things that, that um, fend off the attacks of the enemy, the darts of the enemy. It, it, they're more protective. They're more defensive. It, it puts the, the, the Christian in a defensive posture. 
And what we're defending, like Paul said, is to stand firm in our faith, to stand firm in, in our relationship with God. You see, we already have the victory in Jesus Christ. God gave us the victory through Jesus on the cross of Calvary. Jesus defeated the enemy. Jesus defeated death. He defeated sin. So we are victorious already. We're not defeated. Because our lives are in Jesus, we are then victorious. Because Jesus is victorious. Because Jesus has never lost a battle. And so we are then challenged to stand in, stand firm within this victory. We're not fighting for victory, but we are maintaining the victory. And this is why we need the defensive armor so that we can stand against the attacks of the enemy, the schemes of the devil. This is what Paul tells us about. But you know, in these um, four or five first pieces of, of armor, he is, we're told to, to put them on. But with the last two, the shield of faith and also the sword of the spirit, Paul uses a different term. He uses the term dakomai. Dakomai means to take up, to get possession of, to grab it, to, to, to get a hold of something. And, and this is something totally different because you see, the sword is something that you don't put on, but something that you take. And as you take this, the way in which Paul explains it is that you take it as you need it, both the shield of faith and also the sword, the sword of the Spirit. And as you take a look at what Paul is talking about, it gets a little bit deeper. Come on, let's dig into it and find out exactly what Paul is talking about, this sword. See, this sword is it's much more than just simply something defensive because you can use the sword to fend off the enemy. So it can be protective, but the sword is a weapon. It's something that is given to us so that we can utilize, so that we can, can, can put to practice in, in our Christian life. These are the things in which the Lord is calling us to do as he gives us this instruction to take a hold of, Dakumai, to be able to use this weapon. It is a sword. It is the sword of the spirit. See, this, this is a, a spiritual battle that's going on. It's the spiritual fighting against the spiritual. It's the spirit sword. It belongs to someone. It belongs to the Holy Spirit. The sword of the spirit is something, again, that is in the spiritual. And, and it begins to, to, the Lord gives it to us so that we can use it and put it into practice. We are, we are given the sword to take it up and to be able to use it in our lives. But as we take it up, we need to know that this sword belongs to the Holy Spirit. It is the only weapon that is identified with the Holy Spirit. It is the only weapon that the Holy Spirit uses in our lives. The Holy Spirit. You know, all the other weapons, they point to a virtue. Faith, salvation, uh, truth, righteousness. This is the only weapon, this is the only part of the armor that points to a person. The Spirit. Not a spirit, but the spirit. You know, spirit with a capital S, the same as God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. That's what we're talking about. It's the Holy Spirit. It's to a person. And it belongs to that spirit. And that spirit is saying, I, I offer you this. This is available to you if you use it in your life. And you know, the same spirit that we have, um, it, it's not something that is necessarily foreign to us. It's the same spirit that works in our lives. It's the same spirit that is active in our lives. The Holy Spirit, it's the one that we are sealed by. It's the one that we are sanctified by. It's the one that we are anointed with. It's the one that we are empowered by. The Holy Spirit, he is active in our lives. And now he takes us to another level. He says, this sword that I have available to you, you can use it so that you can maintain the victory that you need in your life. So let's dig a little bit deeper into this and find Find out just what the Spirit is all talking about. We need to take up the word because this is what Paul says. The Spirit, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. The word of God. Now, there are various terms in the Greek that are used to describe the word of God. I just want to talk to you about three of them right now. The first one is graphe. Graphe. Graphe means the, the written word. 
It means, you know, the book. This is grafe. What is in there. And, 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 and this book is, is just really paper. It's ink, leather or imitation leather, whatever it is. You know, this is what it's talking about. The written word. You know, um, and this written word that we find, we know that it's written many times in the Bible. It's used 51 different times in the, in the New Testament. It refers to this scripture that is written. But this book is not magical. I know folks who put it underneath their pillows so that they won't have any nightmares. I know people who put it on their dashboard to try to avoid an accident or maybe a ticket. Uh, it kind of reminds me of a one time when I was first pastoring, um, I got called about 2 o'clock in the morning to go pray for this young lady who was manifesting that she was possessed by an, by an evil spirit. So I called her brother to go with me, and we went down this house, and sure enough, there was this young lady who was, um, who was manifesting that she was possessed by an evil spirit. We started praying for her, and within minutes, God delivered the young lady. And you could just see it all over her face, the peace, the joy, just, just how God had healed her and had delivered her. And she was laying down just rejoicing in that freedom that God had given her. And I started talking to the parents. And, and then all of a sudden, behind my back, I hear this big thump, you know, and I turn around. And this brother that had, had gone with me, he had taken this huge family 30-pound Bible. I mean, it was this huge thing. And this young lady was trying to get up. And, and it spooked him. He got afraid. And he took that Bible and he hit her right smack in the face and, you know, knocked her down. And, and I looked over to him. I said, brother, what are you doing? And he said, the, the word of God has power and is going to cast this demon out. And I said, brother, it's the 30-pound Bible that hit the young lady. This is just a book. You know, and there's people who, who have beautiful Bibles, but that doesn't mean the word is in you. That doesn't mean that, that the Spirit is in you. That doesn't mean that you have the sword of the Spirit. There's people who have it tattooed all over their, body, all over their bodies, all kinds of texts and everything, but that doesn't mean that you have the Word of God in you. It is just a book. Grafe. But that's important, okay? Don't put it down. You know, don't, don't, you definitely need it. The second word is the word logos. Logos is um, it's a more powerful term. It is, um, logos is what is written in the book. It's the content. It's what, is, what it says. It, it's something that is far more powerful. See, logos is when you, when you have the, the word revealed to you, when you begin to know what is in there. Logos is, is God's expression, God saying something to you. In John chapter 1, verse 1, kind of get an idea of what it is, what Logos is. See, in the beginning was the word, Logos. And Logos was with God, and Logos is God. It's talking about Jesus. Jesus is the expression of God. He brought us, he showed us, he taught us the things that God wanted us to know. He himself said, I don't speak out of my own. I say what, the, what God tells me to speak. And so it's logos, it's God's expression towards us. All of a sudden, you begin to find out what it is that God wants for you. This is what later on in that same chapter, one of John, uh, it says in verse 14, and logos became flesh. That's Jesus. That logos, the expression of God became who he wanted us to know what God was saying. See, because you can have the Bible, but if you don't read it, you won't know what it says. You can have, you have downloaded all the Bible applications you can get on your phone, but if you don't read it, that nothing has happened yet. Logos is when you begin to find out what God has said to you. But the third term because you see, Paul didn't use grafe, he didn't use logos in this term. The term that he used is the word rema. Rema. And rema means that you're able to not only know what is said, but it becomes a part of you. It means utterance. In other words, Paul is assuming already that those who have a grafe know what's written in it. And all of a sudden, it becomes a part of you. 
It is in you. And you begin to know how to use it, how to say it, how to apply it to your life. Then it becomes rema. And look at the way I describe it here, okay? So, you know, when you first get into the Word, okay, you say, mm, you know what, um, I think I'm going to read the Word, okay? That's grafe. You're going to pick up the Bible, okay? And then you start reading it, and you go to the, hmm, what does this mean? And then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit begins to reveal to you what it means, and you go, ooh, wow, this is powerful. That's the logo experience, But then this is where Paul wants us to go. This is where the Spirit wants us to go, where you get the aha. Now I know what I'm supposed to do, how I'm supposed to apply it, how it applies to my life, how can I I can activate it in my life. That's the aha experience. This is why Paul said that faith comes from hearing the logos, okay? And that exchange that happens between your spirit and receiving the logos, all of a sudden you get the rhema experience. The rhema effect comes into your life and you get faith because of what you've read all of a sudden becomes a reality. Becomes a reality. This is what God is speaking to us today. That we are to apply this word. Apply it to our lives. This is how the rhema becomes, or the word of God becomes rhema in our lives. It becomes real as we apply it, as we begin to live it in our lives. You see, because again, you can, you can have the most beautiful Bible. You can have a text tattooed all over your body. You can have all kinds of things, you know, of the Bible. But unless you have it in your life, it's nothing. And that's the experience that Paul is challenging us to do, to have in our lives, is much more than the grafe, the written book, or the logos to know what's written in it, but understand it, how it applies to our lives. I think Jesus is the one who understood this the best. He understood it as to how it would apply to our lives. In chapter 4 of Matthew, we find a story, an incident that happened in the life of Jesus. He was taken to the, in the spirit to, the de- to a desert. It was kind of like the original desert storm that took place. And, and, and Jesus being, he, he fasts for 40 days and 40 nights. And um, it goes on to say that, that, that after he had fasted, that he was hungry. And, and then the enemy comes to him. Satan comes to him and begins to tempt him. He tempts him right where his need is at. He was hungry. And that's how the enemy will come to us. That's how he will confront us, right where our our need is at. The need of Jesus was legitimate. It was real. He was hungry. He He had not eaten for 40 days or 40 nights. The enemy will do that. He'll attack you exactly where your need is. And so Satan comes to him and says, hey, Jesus, so you're the son of God, huh? Well, if you're the son of God, make these stones become bread. I don't know, maybe if Jesus would have been a Latino, he would have said, make these stones become a carne asado burrito. I don't know. But he tempted him because he knew he was hungry. And Jesus, he didn't debate him. He didn't argue. He didn't negotiate with him. Because you see, Satan was attacking his person, his individuality. He was, but he was, he was attacking his, his value. If you are the son of God. And Jesus didn't even bother with that. He just said three words. It is written. It is written. It is written that, and he quotes the scripture from Deuteronomy. He says, it is written that man will not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Wow. And Satan didn't know what to do. So he takes Jesus to the, to the highest peak in the temple. And he says, you know what? The word of God says that if you throw yourself down, he will send his angels and he'll take care of you. And Jesus, again, considered this. And he said, wow, he's tempting me so that I can prove who I am. But instead of Jesus debating with him, he responds again, it is written. You will not tempt the Lord God, your God. And Satan again didn't know what to do. Because you see, Satan will come to you with the word of God and he will twist it. 
He will turn it to your convenience. That's what he did in the, in the Garden of Eden with, with Eve. That's what happens. That's how the enemy works. But Jesus was equipped because you see Jesus had read Logos, what was in the grafe, the book. And all of a sudden as Jesus begins to say what was written in the book, it becomes rhema. It becomes a spiritual force, spiritual power that the enemy cannot fight against. So Satan tries just one last time, and he takes him up to the, one of the highest mountains, and he shows him all the kingdoms of the world, all the rulers, and, and Satan says, I will give you all of this if you kneel down and worship me. And Jesus again responded, it is written. You will worship the Lord God only, no one else only the Lord your God. So every single time that the enemy came to Jesus, Jesus responded with the word of God. That's rhema. That's rhema. You see, you can have a sword, a Bible, and you can know what it's for, but unless you know how to use it, it still has not become a weapon in your life. It still has not become effective in your life. And the word of God is, is sharper than a two-edged sword, says the book of Hebrews. That, that, that sword comes in and it penetrates us. It works not only in our lives. It's not only applicable in our lives, but it's also applicable around us when the enemy comes to attack us, when the enemy comes to, to do spiritual warfare in our lives, when we have the sword, when we have the rhema experience in our lives. This is what the Lord wants to reveal to you today, is knowing how to use the word of God. Jesus knew how to do it. He applied it in his life. And Jesus, he's, he's the living word of God. He is logos. He is the expression of God. Now, if Jesus had to refer back to Graphem, and he's the son of God. What makes you think that you can, your opinion is greater than the enemy? What makes you think that your theological conclusion is going to defeat the enemy? What makes you think that your own point of view is going to defeat the enemy? I'm here to remind you there are only rhema, the word of God, the express written word of God in your life is what's going to defeat the enemy in your life. I want to finish in sharing with you um, just two more scriptures. Two more references to swords, because swords are referred to over 400 times in the Bible. But just two things. One of them is in the book of Joel. Joel, the prophet, says this. Bring your plowshares and your pruning shears. Bring them and put them into the fire. And as you put them into the fire, bring out that, that melted metal and beat it into swords. Wow, that's powerful. Let me tell you what that means. There are people who are listening to me today, and they're saying, you know what? I, I just don't know a whole lot of the Bible. I, I just don't know what, all, everything to say, you know? And how can I defeat the enemy if I need the word of God in my life, and I don't know a whole lot about the Bible? Well, this is where God is saying, Bring what you have. Because you see, a plowshare, it's a farming tool. It doesn't have any threat out in the battle. But God says, bring me what you have. Let's put it into the fire of the Holy Spirit. And I will show you how I can make what you have a weapon in your hands. So the enemy comes to you and says, you're nobody. Nobody loves you. Nobody cares about you. Look at, the, look at who you are. And then you may not know the scripture. You may not even know where it's at. You don't even, may not even be able to quote it exactly. But then you remember, hey, Pastor Ken, uh, Pastor Mike, Pastor Wayne told me one time that Jesus loves me. And you tell the devil, you know what, devil? I, I don't know exactly where it's at. But you know what? The Bible says that Jesus loves me. That's enough to shut the devil up. That's enough to stop him right in his attack. Because now what you have heard is in the rhema. The logos becomes rhema in your life. 
becomes a reality in your life. And you throw it at the enemy, and the enemy can't respond against it. Maybe the enemy comes to you and says, you were an oops. They didn't even want you to be born. You know what? You're nobody. You're not going to amount to anything. And you say, well, how am I going to do this? And you grab your sword and say, God, I don't know exactly what book it's in. I don't know exactly how it says. But you know what, God? I am your child. You forgave my sins. You're in my life. And you know what, Satan? You're a liar because my life is a life of purpose and a life of destiny. And you may not say it exactly how it's written, but all of a sudden what you begin to say becomes a rhema, becomes a sword in your hands, a sword in your life, and you defeat the enemy in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Rhema. Yeah. Rhema is when the enemy says, I'm going to attack you. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to defeat you. You know what? I'm going to throw temptation against you. And then all of a sudden you pick up the sword and you said, no. You know what, Satan? No weapon formed against me will prevail. Maybe the enemy will come against you and he'll say, you know what? Look at everything that's happening to you. You lost your job. You can't pay your bills. You're getting sick. And you say, you know what, devil? I don't know where it's at, but God is my healer. You tell the enemy, you know what? All things work together. And that sword becomes a reality in your life. The last scripture I want to share with you is found in 2 Samuel. It's a story of a young man named Eleazar. The Bible says that he went out to battle. The guy killed hundreds that day. And when the battle was done, the other fellow soldiers went to Eleazar. And Eleazar had defeated all these people. He had, he had God, God, has, God had given victory. And when they went up to him, they, they told him, okay, Eleazar, okay, Eleazar, we're all done. You won, you won. And the Bible says this that he had fought so hard. He had wielded his, his, his sword so hard that his hand was literally stuck to the sword. You know what, my brother? You know what, my sister? Hold on to the sword. Fight as hard as you can. Don't let it go. Get that graffé. Find out what it says. Let that logos impact your life. Let God slap you upside the head. Let him correct you. Let him instruct you. Let him guide you. Let him speak into your life. And when Satan shows up, you not only have grafed, the written word, you have logos living inside of you. And all of a sudden, God inspires you. You say, no, I read it. I believe it. I'm going to say it. And you become victorious in your life. Hey, take a moment right now. Don't leave just yet. You got to listen to the song that Pastor Vaughn and the worship team are going to sing. It's called From Graves to Gardens. God, you're still alive. You're still powerful. You can still do all things. The Lord bless you. the world but it couldn't fill me man's empty place treasures that fade are never enough and you came along
What a great declaration. There is no one better than you. Wow. Pastor Vaughn, worship team, thank you so much for that song. And as we leave now in the ending of our service, I want to I bless you today uh, as you go on and you start out this week. Just lift your hand right where you're at and let me pray for you. Father God, right now, I pray for every person that is listening to us today. You know exactly where they're at. In the living room, maybe in their bedroom, maybe in a hospital room, their car, or maybe in their job. You know exactly where they're at. Father God, I would send your presence right now to them so that your presence would become so real to remind them of how much you love them and how much you care for them. And so, Father God, I pray that your face would shine upon them. Your favor would go before them and open doors where no man can close. I would pray your favor would work towards them to bless them, to prosper them according to your perfect will. I pray this, I declare this in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yo, Cathedral of Faith, Woo-hoo. what's going on? It is time for the wrap. Yo, Come yo. on in. Yes. Pastor John just slayed oh, everyone with a, an amazing word of God, totally using awesome. the word of God oh, yeah. and preaching about the word of God. And it, I think My we God. have a couple aha moments we want to talk about here today. Mm-hmm. Let's get into this. We have Anquisha, Stephen, Irene, and myself, Vaughn. We're going to get into this. Stephen, what do you remember? Man, that was such a powerful word. It certainly was. Man, it takes me, it takes me to such a more personal mindset as a musician, just being able to know you know, there's something more just past having to just play. And, you know, you can be the greatest musician. You could be the greatest, you know, you can have the greatest talent. You can be loved. You can be popular. You can have all those things. But when you're not able to believe what you're playing, what you're singing, what you are, you know, trying to convey when you don't believe yeah. that, mm. it doesn't matter. Mm. You know, it doesn't matter because, you know, people see it. And yeah. when, when you're able to just be able to just express that worship, mm-hmm. there's yeah. that difference between worship and just playing. Yeah, and everybody can see that, right? Like yeah. everyone is, has seen a talent show or, mm. you know, a reality show or something. And you're like, I, it just doesn't look, they don't, they don't believe it. You can you know, see it it's in like their face. Whether they're yeah. just playing it from the, you know, the notes on the pages or just reciting it from memory. Mm-hmm. But when there's something else when it gets inside them mm-hmm. and it starts to become, and they start to kind of interpret it in their way. It's mm-hmm. a powerful illustration. It's, it's powerful. And man, that just, it's, it takes it real home, you know, especially as, you know, growing up, um, I was not a crazy kid and I've I've never really drank, smoked, or you know did did any drugs, you know, and, and for me it was it was just not like Pastor John saying, you know you you don't have to know exactly where in the Bible, you know you don't have to you know just be able to to recite to verbatim, recite yeah. it, have it have it ready to go. You mm-hmm. just have to know in your mind that it is something that you don't need, you know. Like he said, Jesus loves you, and just being able to know that you have that space, Amen. that that mm-hmm. place. Mm-hmm. You know, it Amen. gives you that purpose. That's good, man. And it definitely has helped me. Amen. Oh, that's awesome. Amen. Just something about when he was talking about the, the people singing. You ever been in a place where you see someone who's not singing that, doesn't sing that well, but they are doing it with all their heart oh, yeah. and soul? Yeah, yeah. And it moves you like it. crazy. Yeah. And that sometimes God calls us to do some things that we're not the best at. Yeah. But he wants us to, to do the best with what we have. You believe it with all your soul. Yeah. That's, that's powerful. Yeah. Yeah, and, he will, and he will give it. He will give you the strength. He will mm-hmm. give you the courage to put out whatever it is for you, especially when you're doing in the will of God. Absolutely. So Pastor John um, really hit, man, this is, this is, let me tell you my, my <laughs> notes. I mean, I'm, I, I might as well, I got my phone out. Um, but the sword is the weapon of the spirit. The weapon points us to a person, not just the spirit, but the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So just knowing that um, even if we're not in the physical Bible 24 7 mm-hmm. just you know our phones have apps where we'd be able to download some scriptures or whatever and read but just know that the word will take you far mm-hmm. just knowing the word and knowing trusting in the holy spirit yeah. mm-hmm. so it's very awesome to know that the spirit is a person right yeah. the spirit is a person and he will help us and guide us we Love have that. a friend yeah. yeah we have a friend that's yeah. there it's not just us and ourselves and all this yeah. crazy armor mm. yeah and i, I love that that it's it, he took it a step farther from just the understanding of the sword of just being an inanimate object yeah. right mm-hmm. that we yeah. could just pick up 
but it, it, it actually becomes Christ himself, the logos, the word becomes our, our main weapon. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and, and just what a, a confidence that gives me mm-hmm. that we go into battle mm-hmm. against someone who's tried and true mm-hmm. and someone who never loses. So I don't know. That's, That's exciting. Awesome. Yeah. I love when he said um, how Jesus said it is written. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about when I'm a kid and there was, I'd be in um, situations with my brothers. I'd be like, uh-uh, mom and dad said. Like, oh, yeah. And then that was just like, cut it right <laughs> there. Good, you know, yeah. I got brave and bold when mom and dad said. <laughs> um, and so then I thought about in situations in my life, um, I want to be able in the situation to say it is written and that be my go-to in my in my angle. But I think about how many times did I not know what was written or or that I focused on something else instead of that, instead of what was written and really not knowing how to use what God has given and us as a gift. And with that thought, it, it highlights something else that Pastor John, where he, that point in the, in the sermon where he, it was a powerful moment where he started saying, what makes you think mm-hmm. that what you think about the, the enemy is enough to defeat the enemy? Mm-hmm. What makes you think your thoughts are enough to defeat this enemy? Like, yeah. why would you not use the word of God? That's so powerful. That's, that is. Absolutely. That's really strong. Yeah. I'm saying, Quisha, anything else that stuck well, out to look, you? Look, you know yeah. I already got some right. stuff. But <laughs> just um, taking it back, like when we were kids, right, mm-hmm. and you build – build whatever you have in the house, build some forts and you have the covers and the chairs and all of that. Mm -hmm. But in order for you, I know when I was playing with my cousins and my friends, in order for them to come inside my fort, you have to say a password. You have to give me something to come in. So we can look at that analogy as the word of God, Mm -hmm. right? The spirit. We have to have that word to cushion us and Mm -hmm. to know that we can be able to walk anywhere with the the secret password. I'll Mm -hmm. be able to say that and he has my back whatever I do. That that is so Mm -hmm. good. That reminds me where Pastor John said that the enemy attacks us where we need us, where our need is and where we need the most. So I'm thinking we all know where our weaknesses are. Mm-hmm. We all know where we keep tripping mm-hmm. up. And so does the enemy. And he, and he does the same things, mm. right? Yeah. So why not do I go back to the word and I start getting ammunition for those things so yeah. that when he gets me on the things that he always gets yeah. me at, mm-hmm. I've got, I got, wait a minute. Yep. It is written. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You know, using the word of God, using the word yeah. of God as a weapon that way and not just a, a point of information. It's so, a weapon. Mm-hmm. And like you can actually even use the physical Bible as a weapon, as Pastor John <laughs> talked yeah. about that guy hitting him over the head. <laughs> the family, like, family uh, Bible. Do, did, he, did he say the name of that guy? Because I want to no. make sure he's not in my small group and I don't ask him to pray for me at any time. Yeah, mes- me- messenger him. <laughs> but like you said, uh, you know, I, lo- I love how you said ammunition. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes I know a lot of us, a lot of people feel unequipped, mm-hmm. you know, because they don't know what they have in their arsenal and just knowing just knowing being able to know you know what I have and being able to to be able to say you know I am something just feeling like just anybody knowing feeling like like who am I to help Mm -hmm. anybody who am I to Mm -hmm. to to be able to help you in this time that I haven't even gone through the same thing Mm -hmm. and you'll be able to you know, you have this sword and you'll be able to protect yourself and show somebody else how they can protect themselves yeah. mm-hmm. from, you know, yeah. anything it is. Amen. Yeah, that's great. Power, right? And the it is written. The it is written. It um, is written. And, and just, I love that where you, you know, you see where Jesus himself, like in, in the desert, how Pastor John brought that up and, mm-hmm. you know, um, turn these stones into bread. And he says, no, it is written. It is written. You know, and it's, mm-hmm. you might even say, like, Jesus started the keto diet right there. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, he just, no, nope, I can't do bread. No, can't do bread. <laughs> the original so carbs. He started the rhema, but, too. But, yeah, the rhema so, like, diet. so that makes me think, like, I love the I love the idea of, like, you know where your weaknesses are. Mm-hmm. Let's Now let's go get some things mm-hmm. that are ammunition. So, like, mm-hmm. looking forward to this week, like, we're in, like, Pastor Ken has framed this season for us. We're in spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. How can we equip ourselves? How can we not just be on the defensive, but I think also go on the offensive to find some things that really counter these things that are in us? So I want to frame the question for you guys. What are some things we can do this week to help us get into the word more? I definitely recommend at least opening the book. Hmm. Reading. Great place to start. Great place to start. But it's true. Yeah, it's it's true. true. (laughs) Reading 
you know, reading the, you know, uh, just one scripture, going on your yeah. phone, if you have a phone, if you have an application that you just set it to like a verse of the day, you know, that yeah. my, my wife has that and she sees it and it's just like, oh, you know, I'm doing my good deed for the day. And if you're a song listener, you know, mm. pick a song, pick a song that you're listening to good. and pick out at least one of the things you like about it. And keep that in your heart. So that's whenever good. you're facing anything, temptation, and you're facing anything that's that's coming to you, you're able to just say that at Excellent. least and know that God loves you. Yeah, that's mm, great. That's good. That's good. This, I will say the same thing. Yeah. The scripture day will keep the devil away. Yeah, there you so go. use that and, and just, <laughs> yeah. you know, just uh-huh. words of encouragement, you know, and the people that you hang around with yeah. is so much important as that's well. That's true. So your, your community, yeah, community Amen. each day, something like this too. So. And I think, yeah, I think something like this, mm-hmm. I think is a great way to kind of take it to another place mm-hmm. where it becomes less just memorization mm-hmm. and information. It becomes more revelation and rhema. Yeah. Rainbow word. Aha. Yeah. Yes. It becomes aha stuff. And that's where we want to get it to the point. Let's get it to where it becomes aha for us. Absolutely. And for our family and kids in Zion's mirror, I write down all yeah. some things on the mirror. So when he looks into the mirror, there's all these things written there. And I was like, yeah. Zion, read what it says on the mirror. We could do that for us too. Absolutely. Write things yeah. down so that when we look and we're reminding ourselves and it's becoming rhema and there's power. Amen. Power yes. in the spoken Amen. word. Yes. Amen. Well, let's oh, end yeah. it with the word. Power. Yes. Spoken word. So our scripture is Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is now. alive. It's sharp. It's sharp. And it's sharp. active. <laughs> sharper than any to a double-edged sword. That's it. That is the power of God that he has given to us. Let That's us it. speak it. Rhema, rhema. Rhema, rhema. Rhema diet. Hey, guys, we are, are so blessed and honored to walk together in this season. If you're in your small group right now, I just pray that the spirit of God would fill that conversation. I would pray it would fill the chat room. I pray that it would fill your mind. I pray that it would fill your heart. And I pray over this week for all of us at Cathedral of Faith as we step into our other spheres of whether it's work or school or relationships and responsibilities, I pray that the spirit of God would be Uh, The thing that your hand Mm. clings to so much, in fact, that it is stuck and it is part of you. And I pray that the word of God will get in us so that we could uh, make this stand in this this day of evil. Mm -hmm. So, Father, we thank you for the promise and the future that we have in you. And in the name of Jesus, we pray. All God's people said, amen. Amen. Thank you, everybody. God bless you. Have an amazing week. And as always, it's a wrap. It's a wrap.